be our last week in 1 Corinthians for a while. Next week, we'll be starting up in the Gospels. And what we've learned so far in 1 Corinthians is that there was division in the church. And we all learned that over the series that the church in Corinth was divided. And so Paul was writing a letter to them to address this division. And so this week, we will continue in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. And if you are able, I want to invite you to stand in honor of reading the word. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. Brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you like spiritual people, but like unspiritual people, like babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink instead of solid food because you weren't up to it yet. Now you are still not up to it because you are still unspiritual. When jealousy and fighting exist between you, aren't you unspiritual and living by human standards? When someone says, I belong to Paul, and someone else says, I belong to Apollos, aren't you acting like people without the Spirit? After all, what is Apollos? What is Paul? They're servants who helped you believe. Each one had a role given to them by the Lord. I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. Because of this, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but the only one who is anything is God who makes it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together, but each one will receive their own reward for their own labor. We are God's co-workers, and you are God's field, God's building. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Have you ever started something that somebody else finished? I was thinking about this as I was opening the pickle jar. Have you ever tried to open a jar, like a pickle jar, and it just won't budge, and you, you tap it on the counter, and you hit it with the butter knife, and you do all the tricks, you get out the rubber band or maybe the gripper, and you try to open it, and you just can't open it, and then you hand it to your husband, and he opens it with ease. Has that ever happened to you? And, and he takes all the credit, but you know that you were the one who got it loosened. You were the one who did all that work, tapping it. Yeah, right. But, but he gets the credit because <laughs> he opened it with so much ease. You had worked so hard to loosen it. And, you know, I want the credit for opening that jar. About eight or nine years ago, Austin and I, we planted two fruit trees in our yard. And one was an apple tree and one was a pear tree. And there were, I looked it up, but they were self-pollinating trees. And so we put two trees in our yard, one on each corner. And we planted them in the ground. We dug a hole that was bigger than necessary so that the roots could take root. And we put mulch on top so that the moisture and the warmth and I don't know all the science up to it, but we researched how to do this. And we spent time with these plants, with these trees. And that first year, we only saw a couple flowers bud. And I bet that this is normal, that when you plant a tree, a baby tree, it takes two to three to four, sometimes five years to see fruits. And so we, we planted the trees, we watered the trees, and that year we only saw a couple flowers, and so we were faithfully planting, and we were faithfully watering these trees with the hopes of the fruit that they would one day produce. And those trees, they had only been there for about two years when we decided to move across town, and so we never got to experience the fruit of these trees. And I sometimes wonder, did those neighbors, did they continue watering those trees? Did they continue caring for those trees? Are they reaping the fruit of those trees, or did they cut them down? Sometimes we start things that we don't get to see the fruit of them. There was a church planter, I can't remember if I've ever told you about her, but her name was Ava Adams. 
She was a church planter back in the 1920s and 1930s, and she planted several churches along the Oregon coast. In fact, one of the churches she helped start was the church that we were at in Oregon, in Eugene. She was the very first pastor of that church, and she planted the church in the midst of the Great Depression. And it was the same week that the stock market crashed that they were praying about planting a church, and so they planted a church, even though they had no money, the economy was going down. And I was reading some of the minutes, and the board minutes, and it said they were running a deficit. A year into it, they were running a deficit. They couldn't pay their bills. They couldn't pay their district budgets. They couldn't pay the World Evangelism Fund. They had no money. And they were renting out this old butcher shop. They would have service in this old butcher shop where the walls, they were insulated with sawdust. And that, burnt, that building burnt down that year. So they had no money. The, the building they were meeting in burnt down. And to make matters worse, that pastor, she got sick. She was 18 months into it, and she got sick, and she had to leave the church. And so she never got to see the eventual growth of that church, a church that is still thriving today. And in ministry, we don't always get to witness the fruit of our ministry, the fruit of our labor. Sometimes the fruit starts growing right away, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's someone else who gets to see it, to experience the fruit of your labor. We can do everything we, we can to make it grow. We can water it. We can, we can nurture it. We can put the mulch around it. But if the, time, if the timing isn't right, it doesn't grow. We pray for growth. We pray for revival. We pray for fruit. But if the timing's not right, it won't grow the fruit. Our church, Discovery Church, is a very generous church. You're a community that go, you're a group that goes out into the community to pray for them. You, you collect toys and, and clothes and pillows and bedding for children that you never meet. You know that sometimes you won't see the fruit of, of the ministry that you do. And right now we're collecting cards for elderly, for the elderly who live in nursing homes. You're passionate about helping our community, but what if we never see the results of that? What if you never get credit for that? What if you never see the fruit of your ministry? Or what if the fruit starts growing on somebody else's tree? Are you okay with that? Are you okay not seeing the results, not getting the credit? Are you okay with passing that baton on to somebody else? A few weeks ago, we read in 1 Corinthians, we read the report from Chloe's people. Chloe's people had been telling Paul about the, the church and how some were saying, I belong to Paul, and others were saying, I belong to Apollos, and I belong to Christ. And Paul, he asked them, has Christ been divided? And in this week's passage, he goes back to it again, and he tells them, you're acting like children. He says, you're acting like the Spirit of God does not even live in you. He says he has to feed them milk because they're children. And we each, we each have our own gifts, our own roles, our own part in God's story. And in this passage, Paul, he says, he says that each one had a role given to them by the Lord. I planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. Because of this, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But the only one who is anything is God who makes it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters, they work together, but each one will receive their own reward for their own labor. It says we are God's co-workers. We are God's field, God's building. We are God's co-workers. 
We participate in ministry and outreach. It's a way that we live out the Lord's prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you participate in outreach projects, when you donate clothes and pillows, you're planting seeds, you're scattering seeds into our community. When you go out and pray for our community, you're scattering seeds. And sometimes we don't see the results of those seeds, but it doesn't mean we stop scattering them. You're planting seeds. We're planting seeds and we're watering the garden. We're making the earth a little bit more like the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there will be no more want. There will be no more poverty. There will be no more food insecurity. There will be no more abuse or addiction. And those things are a reality in our world today. And we're working to eradicate them, but we might not see the fruit of that labor here on earth, but we still work for it. God is the one who does the growing. God is the one who solves these problems, these great big problems of poverty. We don't have to do it all, but we can do something. We can do something to live out that prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a parable in the Gospel of Luke, and some of you might be familiar with it, but Jesus, he's speaking to a crowd, and he says to them, he says, a farmer went out to scatter his seed. As he was scattering it, some fell on the path where it was crushed, and the birds in the sky came and ate it. Other seed fell on the rock. As it grew, it dried up because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorny plants. The, thorn, the thorns grew with the plants and choked them out. Still other seed landed on good soil. And when it grew, it produced 100 times more grain than was scattered. As he, as he had said, he called out, everyone who has ears should pay attention. Jesus' disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, you have been given the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But these mysteries come to everyone else in parables. So that when they see, they can't see. When they hear, they can't understand. The parable means this. The seed is God's word. The seed on the path are those who hear, but then the devil comes and steals the word from their heart, so they won't be able to believe and be saved. The seed on the rock are those who receive the word joyfully when they hear it, but it has no root. They believe for a while, but they fall away when they're tempted. As for the seed that fell among the thorny plants, these are the ones who, as they go about their lives, are choked out by the concerns, riches, and pleasures of this life, and their fruit never matures. The seed that fell on the good soil are those who hear the word and commit themselves to it. With a good and upright heart, through their resolve, they bear fruit. Just like the farmer scatters the seed, we too faithfully scatter and plant seeds. We water the seeds that have been planted. Sometimes the seeds grow and sometimes they don't. But we're called to plant seeds. But it's God who does the growing. Some soil will be rocky. Some soil will be thorny. And we might not see the fruit of our labor, but we continue planting. And who knows, maybe the birds who picked up the seed, I heard that sometimes their digestion, they drop it elsewhere and the seed grows elsewhere. So who knows? We continue to scatter seeds so that we can see the fruit of God's kingdom in our world. God is the one who gives the growth. I don't know if you've heard of this, but on Facebook, 
I follow a lot of pastors across the United States, and there's reports that there's a revival going on. Has anyone heard this? That there's a revival going on at Asbury University in Kentucky. And I've heard that it's spreading to other Christian universities. I know the school in Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon Nazarene University, they took two different trips down there, a bus and a van, and other schools, they're all going to see. It started with a chapel service that just never ended. It started on Wednesday at 10 a.m., and it's still going on right now. There's a revival going on, and it has led to a lot of questions. For those of you who have heard about the revival, I don't know if you've seen the questions of people asking, what is revival? Is revival an emotionally fed service? Is a revival a long service? Where is the fruit of that revival? Are we seeing fruit from that revival? And it reminded me of Ava Adams, who planted that church during the Great Depression. She left that church before she was able to witness the fruit of her labor and prayers. Years later, after she had left the church, she wrote a letter to the church. And she said, those were the days of hard work and some self-denial. But we enjoyed the rich blessings of God. It was tearing my heart out, she said, when my health broke out after a year and a half and I had to leave. But again and again, the Lord whispered these words to me. The tears of the sower and the songs of the reaper shall mingle together in the sweet by and by. The words that she heard whispered to her from God, those words were from a hymn. It's a hymn that I've never heard sung in church, but maybe some of you who are more familiar with hymns, maybe you've heard this song. But here are the words of this song. It goes, the seeds I have scattered in springtime with weeping and watered with tears with dew from on high. Another may shout while the harvester is reaping shall gather my grain in the sweet by and by. Over and over, yes, deeper and deeper, my heart is pierced through with life's sorrowing cry. But the tears of the sower and the song of the reaper shall mingle together in joy by and by. Another may reap what in springtime I've planted. Another rejoice in the fruit of my pain. Not knowing my tears when in summer I fainted while toiling sad-hearted, in sunshine and rain. The thorns will have choked and summer sun blasted. The most of the seed which in springtime I've sown, but the Lord who has watched while my weary toil lasted will give my harvest for what I have done. Over and over, yes, deeper and deeper, my heart is pierced through with life's sorrowing cry. But the tears of the sower and the song of the reaper shall mingle together in joy by and by. We're called to faithfully scatter seeds of God's love and God's mercy. We're called to nurture and water that mercy with compassion and love and justice and leave whatever growth, whatever form that might be, we leave that growth up to God and the song of the tears of the sower and the song of the reaper, they shall mingle together in joy by and by. Lord, I thank you for, for faithfully continuing your work on earth. Even when we are unfaithful, Lord, you continue to faithfully show up, to faithfully move, Lord. You're moving across this country, Lord, and I pray, I pray for revival. 
I'm praying that whatever is going on in Kentucky will continue to spread, that it will reap fruit, that somebody will enjoy, Lord. I'm praying that your spirit will move in such a way that we can't deny the work of you, Lord. And I thank you that no matter how faithfully we scatter, no matter if the fruit isn't visible here today, that you work. You work behind the scenes. When we don't see it, you're working, Lord. And we know that you are faithful, that you are faithful in bringing your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. And we give you all the thanks, all the glory, all the praise, Lord. We thank you for all that you have done for us. And we give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen.